Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute. Each week we get together to talk about the all-too-timely 1971 Robert Wise-directed techno-thriller The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Rory Elward, a military advisor for the film and television industry and an old compatriot of Jim O'Kane. Yay. And uh, uh, quite a, a film maven, I might add. Uh <laughs> We've sat, we've sat through many a good movie, many a bad movie, and this one, this is a good movie. I think generally, this is it. It does what it's supposed to do. It really, it it delivers at the end. I mean, despite more than two thirds of the movie is people washing themselves, <laughs> which um, which makes it ever so timely. Yes, yes, this is quite quite thorough. And <laughs> I I have to I have to say I I I, I tried the technique of uh, burning off a layer of skin and uh, not not recommended. <laughs> Not recommended. Well, you just—it it all depends on how you're wearing your fencing mask. Yes, your so, your, uh, your bedazzled fencing mask yeah. is certainly one of the highlights of the show. Yes. <sighs> why why there wasn't a, a run on those after the movie? I don't know. <laughs> Where's the sequel? Um, oh gosh! But uh, we get we we start this minute with uh, Doctor Hall angrily trying to slam a door that has a a, a, a pneumatic. Uh, Pneumatic door closer that doesn't let you do that. He might. It's like trying to slam a revolving door. Just, uh, I'll show you. But not before pulling his mask down and 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 infecting the uh, the operating room. Yes. Here, have some typhoid. Ma ha ha. Um. And th- and that's the reason he was available for this mission uh, is because <laughs> he's not welcome in most hospitals for his <laughs> lack of procedures. Yeah, I, and I didn't realize that there there was. Uh, I guess there was at the time, but I didn't know there were there were uh, operating rooms that opened out directly into like an unsecured hallway. <laughs> Anyone can wander by. Yeah, and in fact, the public the was are... encouraged to come in and try their hand, so to speak. Yeah. And the doors open inward, which uh, I just sure I uh, I don't know. It, it's it's just the more the more you sit there, the more you start questioning it, and they, and the more Robert Wise wouldn't want you to question it. Exactly, because because that. You know, in in spite of there being a number of hospitals in the L.A. area they could have shot in or of building a set, they just went to somebody's office and said, yeah, let's use. Yeah, this might have been like a, you know, a Meineke muffler shop and they just put up a couple of boards with green tile on it. So here you go. Normally you'll hear uh, air air hammers and things like that in the background. But just um, just off camera is Manny, who's uh, waving (laughs) it back in his. Yeah, don't knock over the cans of 30 weight. So. So uh, the the evening and the morning of the first day, and we get into uh, that beautiful uh, Kubrick. I, I think Robert Wise saw 2001, and he he liked Kubrick's idea of dropping in uh, uh, title cards with no sound at all. So you get you get that nice uh, beat, that that little that little three beat of second day, uh, interrupted by the uh, the whir of a uh, of a helicopter taking off, which uh, my database here says that it's a, a UH-1N Iroquois, which is the two-engine version of the classic Huey. It, it is. And uh, the, the, the best part of that is the super underneath says Vandenberg Air Force Base. And we're yes. flying to New Mexico. <laughs> Good luck on that. Um, and and I, I mean, I, I understand from some of the, the, the background material that's alluded to in the, um, in, 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 in the script and also in the... Uh, in the title sequence is that Vandenberg is like the air force headquarters of this, uh, you know, project scoop. 
Um, yeah. But why would you fly? Why would you fly a helicopter from there when you could take a jet to say Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico, and yeah. then get on a helicopter? Yeah, it should be like a you know a, a, a ten minute hop at that point. But uh, I I guess they needed they needed the uh, the two hours for the uh, <laughs> for the for the exposition to come out. And uh, try to in, their... in 1970 as today, Americans don't know geography, so he probably wasn't worried about it. Yeah. Um... Like, Wait a second; those states aren't even next to each other. <laughs> I, I I I was I'm still pondering the uh, the layout of uh, this Huey. It, 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 do they usually have a glass uh, a glass behind the cockpit? I I. I thought that the uh, the cockpit is usually open to the cargo area. Yeah, absolutely. So the, this was the special Andromeda strain helicopter. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and it and also what, what you couldn't see off camera is a place where you could put your credit card and pay your fare. Yeah. <laughs> they play the pre-recording saying, you know, sit back and enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, have to you have to listen to uh, Kathy Lee go off for, you know, 10 minutes trying to sell you something. It's... Um, uh, the entire the entire scene would have would have been Doctor Stone trying to find the off button. <laughs> how do I how do I stop this? Uh, yeah, uh, pictures for you know see see New York by air or see uh, <laughs> see Vandenberg by air is probably what the. Uh, it's a beautiful um, area, by the way. I don't know if you've been to Vandenberg, but it's it's um, it's an well, air it's force right, base right on the coast of California. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, people pay big money for that in Malibu, and it's just right up, you know, it's it's up there in uh, Fest Parker country. Um, but uh, I do I do enjoy. It, it seems like a lovely day for a flight, and they're they're out they're out flying with Dempsey, the uh, sardonic uh, pilot who knows he could die. <laughs> who I mean, he who also he was, doesn't seem like a pilot. Yeah, <laughs> it just yeah like, yeah I'm not buying you. Um, I was trying to figure out if. They're shooting this on a what what the what the rig was here. I think they're just they 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 put it on top of a rooftop of a building, and uh, just to get the uh, the altitude look out there. And uh, yeah, because he's obviously Dempsey is not flying the plane, even though you fly you fly a helicopter from the right seat. The the left seat guy is the cameraman, so uh, he's just spinning that big Panavision camera around that has a hood on it, as can be seen in the reflection. Uh, so it doesn't look as much like a camera. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I didn't pay that much attention, but I think, I mean, he could, I mean, you can be flying it from the left seat and do all that. The question is, is would it be worth it to you, you know, because you'd have to loop everything for sound. Yeah. And and just the vibration of the helicopter in the air, it doesn't look like it's actually flying. So I'm guessing... Um, and and if you were going to do that, you'd, you'd probably pick a wider lens so you could actually get the sense of actually flying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we do get our first look at the uh, the wildfire spacesuits, which are pretty cool looking. I mean, they're they harken back to Destination Moon to me, but uh, I do I do like the fluffiness of the of, of them. They just seem very. Uh, and and I do like uh, that in in the dialogue. Paul points out that these seem like costumes. Yeah. <laughs> sure, these aren't porous. So, and, and apparently not. So. No, yeah, um, it's a, uh, it's good for them, and I, I do appreciate Arthur Hill's haircut. He, no matter what, he's got a comb at the ready, even after he's put on a suit, 
You know, he's just, gosh, spit and polish no matter what. I mean, he was, he's, I, I'm surprised he wasn't cast in Greece, you know, because <laughs> always got a comb ready, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's just right, right on it. And, uh, uh, and as, as you're saying, the, the most, you know, they picked the most incompetent, uh, uh, excellent doctor, uh, ta- talented surgeon. And none, none of the other ones are MDs. I, was, I, I couldn't find in the book what they all did. I'm assuming that Dr. Stone is a physicist. Um, I may be wrong, but he, he works for Lawrence Livermore Labs. I mean, he's out of Berkeley. And uh, Levitt, of course, is a microbiologist. Uh, Dutton, Dutton's probably something to do with biology. I'm thinking he's, he's always helping Levitt. And then, uh, yeah, Hall just didn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we had we needed somebody who could use the word blood chemistry so we could point to something in blood chemistry as a solution to this problem. So that was a well. There, a there's, bit of a thing. there's also the other interesting thing is there's no um, there's there's very little reference to NASA and you know the space program, and you're thinking, well, you know, isn't this all interrelated? You know, um, is there there's no discussion of of anything they may have discovered or not discovered, or we're analyzing the moon rocks, but you know, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. no, no connection whatsoever to what's actually going on. Yeah. I, I would have thought they would have had somebody like, like stone could have worked on building the lunar receiving lab and it wasn't good enough. And that, that never comes across. He just says, well, you know, we, we haven't done enough. Um, and of course this was being, this was being filmed after the they were yeah, during up to Apollo fourteen. They were still quarantining, so they weren't sure, sure about what was coming back from the moon. So I guess the the word wasn't in yet. But yeah, I would have would have had some kind of a connection with NASA. Although, as we as we find out in the book, at least that this seems to be they were looking for the ultimate bio war weapon. So this might have been like the whole um, discoverer uh, using the word Corona satellite um, thing, where they it was the the NASA was just a sleeve that they put the uh, the scoop mission uh, into. Um, I, yeah, it's very, I, I don't know. I, there's many holes in it. It doesn't, but I guess, you know, as we're not, we're not supposed to be watching the movie like we're watching it, but the, you know, the, the point. Most movies are not torn apart to their, to their substructure at the minute by minute level. So yeah. no. Yeah. 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 This is uh, the prude of the movie. Um, so I I feel like I, I want to give them a little bit of leeway, but I would have I would have asked Creighton, well, why didn't you have him be like an extra NASA guy? Why why are none of these people, you know, they there's no rebels in this thing that I, I guess Stone is the rebel in that he he pushed the government into building this thing, and they needed like a Manhattan Project for the alien uh, microbes. Now my question is, do you think that Stone knew? I think Stone had to know, um, or either either Stone knew or Stone suspected and ignored it because yeah. there's too many signs pointing to. I mean, the fact that they have that that map, uh, yeah, yeah, you know that that you see in in the other scene is like, um, did you did you not suspect? <laughs> when it says the word bio war on the the middle of the page, yeah, it's um. It, it I I don't know where he falls on the von Braun uh, Oppenheimer scale of uh, less than angelic scientist, but he's in he's in that ilk. He's somewhere. You know, your 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 lust for knowledge is overtaking your common sense and your ethics. 
Yeah, yeah. He's just uh and I think at this point while he's while he's driving along, he <coughs> he didn't um I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to put this in words. I think as this is all happening and as it's unfolding, he's still under the impression that he's doing good. Yes. Yes. That this is to be expected and we'll fix it and then we'll, you know, go on. And uh as uh, you know, Hall being the cynical guy, uh, you know, who doesn't <laughs> doesn't read the reports, he figures, oh, this is just some stupid uh, fluff. But uh, but Stone is a true believer. Stone believes that what whatever they're doing is the right thing, and no matter how far he takes it in in thinking about stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, just I, I mean, and 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 certainly, uh, you know, Ruth and Dutton both have have a lot of questions. And Hall just seems to sidestep the whole issue because he's taking care of his patients. Yeah, yeah, that, that's his whole job is just he's going he's gonna to narrow down. He's going to let the, the eggheads figure it all out, and he's just going to watch what's going on. Although, you know, of, of all these people, the classic uh, film, film criticism hat, who's the organizing sensibility? Who of, of, of the movie? Of, like, like, are, we, are we supposed to identify with Hall? Do we identify with Stone? Who's I? I want to say it's it's Hall, um, although he seems like because Dutton does not get enough screen time, yeah, and doesn't have the opportunity to articulate his views, and yeah, uh, and Ruth is too often caught up in other issues, so yeah. I think it defaults to Hall, but he's sort of an odd representative for the for the point of view. Yeah, because I mean, usually you're supposed to identify with the hero, which I'm assuming that the hero in this is Stone, but Hall turns into the hero because he figures things out. Um, it has almost a Hitchcock idea of switching, you know, like yeah. Uh, although she doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get stabbed in the shower. It's like <laughs> we. That's 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 the sequel that never got made. But. Yeah, yeah, it, it, but I I think as as it's presented to us. I mean, we, we kind of jump from one organizing sensibility to the next. But I think at this point in the film, uh, we're supposed to be stone. That we have this, uh, this kid who's asking us for more exhibition, exposition, uh, going, oh, I don't believe in this and I don't do that. So because he doesn't know, stone has to explain it to him. So he's, uh, you know, he's the exposition guy. But I think this is where the handoff is starting to happen because he's now the focus of all the exposition. Um. Ah, very, uh, very creepy. In any case, and and an odd choice for a leadership position. But I guess that that's more likely to happen in say the scientific community because he's really not good at selling his point of view. I mean, he orders a lot of people around. Yeah, but you don't yeah. see him like building consensus or whatever the way I think he, leadership commonly happens in like the scientific community. Yeah, he's more like a uh, you know I have the job, I have the power, and it's. Yeah, he doesn't inspire confidence for one. Or I mean, he he puts across a uh, a confident demeanor. So when he's when he's leaving his wife, he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'll be in, I'll be safe as in your arms and out the door." And it's like, "Wait, that's the woman that you married that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, and this is how you blow her off." And and he he seems to do that with everybody in his life. It's like, "I'm right. Listen to me." And and um, and and then you find out his wife is the daughter of a senator. And they yeah. never had the conversation that he was engaged in something that's secret at the highest levels of the government, and she shouldn't call her father about it. Like,
what her maiden name was because it's one of those. Well, let's 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 hold off on that until Friday. But uh, but which senator is yours? I yeah. Now, when my daughter, I mean, when a certain, I was informed indirectly. Uh, um. Well, um, I do have a, a medical question, uh, or um, actually a, a uniform question. Uh, you've dealt with different uh, uh, biological situations where people are given uh, uh, you know, protection against nerve gas and all kinds of bioforms. Uh, what would be the uh, military version of these suits? Do they have airtight suits that you wear? I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, with... Uh, there's, uh, um, there's different levels of, of uh, it's called military-oriented protection, protective posture. Um, so it's uh, your, what mop level and there's, I think five mop levels and it goes up from whether you're wearing the protective suit to whether you have your gloves and boots. And then the, the full kit is you're wearing your, the whole suit and your mask. And it's this charcoal impregnated suit that's for, designed to protect you from biological and chemical threats up to a certain point. But if you, if you knew, for instance, you know, that's for troops who are actually doing the fighting. And then right. they also have systems um, like the helicopter pilot would be in, in the Air Force version of that, which would look nothing like that one, by the way. Um, yeah. But uh, for something where you absolutely know you're getting into a hot zone, they have the same kind of levels that the um, civilian agencies have. Because when you're dealing with something you know is hot, your plan is not really to fight in it. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean... The, the, everybody everybody you'd be fighting with is dead if they don't have one of those suits on. So I mean, the mo the mop suits, for instance, they have a, a, a gas mask with a filter. It's not supposed to, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't have an internal oxygen source. So obviously, if, if the air itself was unbreathable, you, you couldn't use it. It's yeah. designed for limited, I think the, the, the suit itself um, has like a four-hour service life, or at least the ones okay. that I used to wear did. Um, so there, there are, there are certainly higher levels, but at that point you're not fighting, you're, you know, trying to clean something up or investigate it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, just was wondering where this, where this fit in the universe of, uh, of things to wear when you're, when you're, when you're going out with the boys in a, in a Huey. Um, well, I mean, you know, that, that, that whole suit, I mean, it's obviously designed for a very specific thing and, 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 you know, looking back, it doesn't look dissimilar from from the kind of thing you see now um yeah. it has the built-in you know respirator system so that you're not there's there's no contact with the outside in that kind of full biohazard um outfit right yeah i'm also i'm wondering also i mean we, we don't see it in this in this minute or in any of the future minutes i'm, I'm also trying to decide when do they decide to, it's they're close enough that they need to put on their helmets yeah that's the <laughs> yeah. it's like i think once you cross the uh the california border you say, okay let's go, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um and uh. and and you would think that that kind of suit you know they're oh you've got 40 minutes well, why isn't there a mechanism for, you know, changing out? First of all, why doesn't it have more air? Yeah. And and why isn't there a mechanism for changing it out? Yeah, I would think like you'd have like lithium uh, hydroxide canisters and just rebreathe everything. But uh, this isn't Apollo 13. This is a... <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's yeah, you, yeah. you think about it, it's it's like, you know, the, the technology is, you know, this is this is 1971, you know, a, 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 yeah. Apollo's been... So, yeah. you know, that technology, that level of technology is available. 
Yeah, and I mean, are there more oxygen bottles in the? Uh, I, I was just wondering what the plan. Well, we can talk about that on a later minute. But I was just wondering what the plan is if your forty minutes are up and you got to get back in the back on the ship. Um, are there more oxygen bottles there, or is he just planning to fly you fifty miles with the doors open to blow all the stuff out of the out of the helicopter, and then you can un un. Well, they they don't they never take the bottle they never take the suit off until they get back to a wildfire. So there must be like a. a giant uh, oxygen tank somewhere on that ship yeah it's uh, it's um yeah none, none of that is really explored yeah yeah i, I next time next time <laughs> <laughs> next time we do uh, a movie the other interesting yeah. thing about about it is that the um the, the the army did have a germ warfare program at the time of course um but it was sort of ramping down to from from lethality to incapacitation. Like they were looking for stuff that would just like um, make the other side unable to fight as opposed to killing a lot of people. I mean, they had yeah. sort of figured out the weaponization of germs, but had had kind of come back off the precipice of figuring out how to use them to kill the other side and just wanted to use it to kind of like make the other side angry and not, not willing to fight anymore. Yeah. Um <laughs> This is it. within our lifetimes, amazing. Um, wow. Well, let's uh, let's pick up more on uh, uh, Doctor Hall's uh, lack of uh, scientific rigor uh, on on our Friday episodes. Uh, for folks who want to talk about this episode or any previous episodes, we're always available on the social media. Go to uh, Project Wildfire on Facebook or Andromeda Minute out there on uh, Twitter. I'd love to hear hear from you and get your questions and answers and discussions about how. <laughs> This movie is wrong or right? Uh, how, how it makes you feel? Um, maybe angry? Just yeah, it doesn't kill you, but it just makes <laughs> makes you not want to watch movies anymore. Well, although that's what Netflix seems to be. Uh, but anyway, we will pick this up uh, on Friday. So in the meantime, uh, please stay six feet apart from everyone and uh, wash your hands. And we'll see you here on Friday on the Andromeda Minute. <laughs> Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.